This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. The importance of a strong faith foundation, what faith is, how faith comes, how faith works, hindrances to the faith walk and how to overcome them, walking in the God kind of faith. Now, what are the course requirements? Every student is required to be on time, attend the full class, take well-organized notes. I want to emphasize that. Take well-organized notes. My notes, my Rema notes, I had an exercise book for every course. I'm not saying do that. But the notes I took then, I still refer to them now. Amen. So take well-organized notes and participate in class as well as comply fully with the student handbook. Grading. The grade received in this class will be determined by one exam and a reading grade. The exam will be 75% of your grade and will take place in January 2011, the date to be confirmed. The reading grade will count for the remaining 25% of your overall grade. Now watch the reading grade, the reading requirement. Actually, two books, Kenneth e. Higgins' Bible Faith Study Course and another book, the title of the other one is Another Look at Faith. Another Look at Faith by Kenneth W. Hagin. You must read these books in their fullness. And in the case of the study course workbook, complete all questions at the end of the chapters before the date of your test, which will be in January 2011. In that um, Bible Faith study course, there are questions at the end of each chapter. You're required to take the questions, complete them. It will help you. Amen. Well, so... The title of this course, like we said, is Faith Foundations. And um, we want to look at something today. We want to start with a foundation on the subject. We want to look at the importance of faith. The importance of faith. That's what we want to look at this evening. Why are we studying this subject? Why do you want to study about faith? Is it important? Why do you want to study it? Well, and I'll just endeavor to give some reasons why Faith is an important subject to study. Praise God. Well, number one. Hebrews 11:6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Not a work such any man shall boast. Reason number one, you cannot become a Christian without faith. You cannot become a Christian without faith. That's why we ought to study faith. You cannot become a Christian without faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. So getting saved is by faith. Amen. It's by grace we're saved through faith. Amen. So it's by faith we get saved. And then Hebrews 11:6, he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So you cannot become a Christian without faith. That's reason number one. Number two, it takes faith to lead the Christian life. It takes faith to lead the Christian life. It takes faith to lead the Christian life. The Christian life is a life of faith. Amen. So I said, number one, you can't become a Christian without faith. Number two, to even lead the very life of a believer. Amen. It takes faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 says, The just shall live by his faith. 
Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38. You could just write down those references. The just shall live by faith. By the time a statement is repeated four times in the Bible, you know God didn't just put stuff in the Bible to fill up space. Amen. Matter two or three witnesses, every word is established. So by the time he had it re-emphasized and re-emphasized and re-emphasized and re-emphasized, all over the epistles, also in the Old Testament, then it must be important. Amen. So it takes faith to lead the Christian life. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I am crucified with him. Some other translations render that a little differently, and I think I prefer the other rendering. It says, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So you see, the Christian life is a life of faith. It's a life of faith. You can't lead a Christian life, lead the Christian life without faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. So it's our walk. It's our life. Praise God. Well, number three. And um, with me, this is a big one. This is a big one. This third reason is... The reason I'm so strong on this subject, amen. And it's this. It takes faith to please God. It takes faith to please God. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So it takes faith to please God. One day I was in the bathroom. I was just praying. This was quite some years back. And then I heard these words just rise up from my spirit. The Lord said to me, he said, I'll be more pleased with you if you have more faith than if you have more good works and right conduct. In fact, the only good works and right conduct that please me are those that are the result of faith. Amen. I know that's perfectly scriptural. Without faith, you can't please God. Amen. So it's impossible to please God without faith. Yes, good works are good. God rewards good works. Praise God. Right conduct is good. We ought to live right. And there's no way you can be a person of faith and not live right in the real sense of faith. Amen. Praise God. So you see, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we ought to study about it. Don't you think so? Now, when we talk about pleasing God by faith, it doesn't mean that if you walk in faith, God is going to love you more. It's not as if if you perform, God is waiting for your performance and is waiting on you to perform so that he can, he can love you more. No, there's nothing you can do from your own standpoint that will make, you, make God love you more. But there are some things you can do that will make your life more pleasing to God. And faith is quite an issue where that is concerned. Praise God. So it takes faith to please God. So we ought to want to please God, shouldn't we? Well, number four. It takes faith to resist the devil. It takes faith to resist the devil. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Notice we are not to body up with the devil. We are to resist him. But how are you going to resist him? How are you going to resist him? If you've been a Christian long enough, you know that sometimes the devil comes at you, maybe with sickness, maybe with sin, maybe with lack, and then you endeavor to take a stand against it. And then the devil does as if he didn't hear you. Has it ever happened to you? It did like you're just talking to yourself. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. 
says, be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, goeth about, seeking whom he may devour. He says, whom resists steadfast. That's verse 9, in the faith. Now, that's the King James Version. The American Standard Version says, whom resists steadfast in your faith. So faith has something to do with resisting the devil. Times you speak, and then it looks like the devil hasn't moved, he hasn't changed. But you know that where the word of a king is, there's power. So you turn your back and walk away. He has to go. A king has spoken. A king has given a command. He has to go. And he will go. He will go. I tell people, if you try to bind the devil over the same thing two times, he will laugh at you. The second time, you actually lose him. You didn't get what I said. Yeah, if you try to bind the devil on the same issue two times, the second time, he will laugh at you. Because you lose him. Shows you didn't believe what you were saying. When you resist him, believe that what you say will come to pass. When you tell the symptoms to go, they will go. They will go. They must go. When Jesus cursed that fig tree, it doesn't seem as though there was any visible physical change until the next day. According to Mark's account of the story. Doesn't seem like there was. Amen. But what did he do? Did he go there trying to see, you this tree, but I spoke to you now. I spoke to you now. No, he spoke and he turned his back and walked away. A king has spoken. It must be carried out. That's how we got, ought to be with the devil. Amen. It takes faith to resist the devil, so you ought to want to study about it. Don't you think so? Amen. Well, number five. To have an effective prayer life, you must walk in faith. It takes faith to have an effective prayer life. Takes faith to have an effective prayer life. Matthew 21, 22. And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believe in, ye shall receive. Amen. Ask in prayer, believe in, believe in, believe in. James 1, 5 to 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally to all men and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not such a man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So don't even think you receive from God if you don't ask in faith. Now, you know that not every prayer is a prayer of faith. Different kinds of prayer in the Bible. There's a course on prayer. We study about that. Not every prayer is a prayer of faith. But every prayer must be prayed in faith. Amen. So... It takes faith to have an effective prayer life. That's number five. Number six, it takes faith to receive the blessings of God. It takes faith to receive the blessings of God. It takes faith to receive the blessings of God. Romans chapter five, verses one and two. Therefore, being justified by faith. That word justified means being made righteous by faith. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse two says, by whom also we have access by faith, into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So you see, our faith is our access into his grace. Faith can't get you anything grace hasn't provided. Amen. And then, you know, sometimes we just say, oh God, please give me grace. The Bible says grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge. That's how to get grace. How do you access that grace? By faith. Amen. It's not just like, oh God, please give me grace. He's told you how to get it. It's our faith 
It's by faith that we access God's blessings, by faith that we receive the blessings of God. And um, I gave Romans 5, 1 and 2. Mention the fact that every one of God's blessings is in his grace. Everything Jesus bought and paid for, provided for us, it's in God's grace. But how are we going to get it? It's not just going to fall on us like ripe cherries off a tree. Amen. Our faith is our access into his grace. So it's by faith we receive God's blessings, such as the new birth, such as the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Galatians 3.2 says, Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. Of course, it's by the hearing of faith. So the new birth, Ephesians 2.8, baptism in the Holy Ghost, Galatians 3.2, physical healing. Go through the ministry of Jesus. Where we have individual cases and reports of healing. I don't mean where we're just told a multitude got healed. I mean where we're told the story in some detail. In some detail. Like the story of the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. You know, 25 to 34. That's about 10 verses. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, spent all she had, was nothing better, rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Her disciples said, Thou seest the multitude thronging there, says, Thou touched me. He looked round about to see how I had done this thing. The woman, friend, and trembling what was done in her, came, fell down before him, told him all the truth, said, Daughter, thy faith that made thee whole, go in peace and behold of thy faith. Now, you know, we're told the story in some detail. We're told, don't miss the point. We're told the story in some detail. Such instances, there are 19. You may think there are more, but there are only 19. Incidentally, 12 out of the 19, and that's 62%, it was by their own faith. And that's Jesus who had the Holy Ghost without measure. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, or somewhere somebody said, look, we get people healed whether they're in faith or not. Then you can beat Jesus. And the servant is not above his master. Yes, I know there's such a thing as gifts of the Spirit and operation where a fellow may not exactly be believing for that healing. Yes, I know you can carry a bona fide baby Christian on your own faith. I know that. But to say that, no, faith is not important, faith is not important, no, 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 no. That's not sound doctrine. Amen. So 12 out of the 19, he says it was by their faith. So faith must be an issue when it comes to receiving God's blessings. Prosperity also. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. So you see, prosperity is a part of his grace. Isn't it? And our faith is our access into his grace. Amen. So I said, number five, we receive the blessings of God by faith. Amen. That's six. Five, get our prayers answered by faith. Six, receive blessings of God by faith. Number seven, whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Romans chapter 14, verses 22 and 23. Whatever is not of faith is sin. So you're either walking in faith or you're living in sin. That's pretty blunt. Amen. Whatever is not of faith is sin. I mean, that's strong language. Amen. So it must be an issue. Amen. Whatever is not of faith is sin. Number eight. Number eight. Faith is one of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. Faith is one of the fundamental principles 
of the doctrine of Christ. Hebrews 6, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the elementary principles of doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection or maturity. Don't let that word throw you. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, laying on of hands. He said, but this shall we do if the Lord permit. That's verse 3. So you see, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. So there we are told the six fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. Amen. And faith is one of them. So it's fundamental. If a fellow came and said, I don't believe in repentance from dead works, what would you say of him? Say, that guy is not sound. Say, it's not sound. Fellow came and says, well, faith is not for today. I think he ought to say the same thing. Amen. One of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. I know you guys, you are pros now, isn't it? You know, maybe there are PhDs here. I know that you're probably a PhD holder. One plus one is now seven, is it? And there are now 27 um, alphabets in the English, is it? No. You see, we never outgrow the basics. Some things are just basic building blocks that we keep building on. Amen. So it's one of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. That was number eight. Well, number nine. Reason number nine. For the word of God to profit you. For the word of God to profit you and work effectively in your life. For the word of God to profit you and work effectively in your life, you must mix it with faith. I mean, God's word on anything. God's word about gifts of the spirit. God's word about honor. God's word about anything. For God's word to profit you and work effectively in your life, you must mix it with faith. For the word of God to profit you and work effectively in your life, you must mix it with faith. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word that was preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So because they didn't mix it with faith, it didn't do them good. Praise God. So for God's word to do you good. Haven't you seen same church, same pastor, same grace on his life? And there are two people sitting on that, the same man, hearing the same word. One person's life is going forward. One person's life seems to be going backward. What's the difference? One is mixing with the faith. The other probably isn't. Amen. Now, of course, you, you don't become a spiritual thermometer that starts going out to judge other people. No, God didn't tell us to judge the other person. God said we should judge ourselves. Amen. Praise God. So for God's word to profit us, and walk effectively in our lives, we must mix it with faith. Hebrews 4.2. Another scripture about that is 1 Thessalonians 2.13, where it says the word of God that works effectually in them that believe. So it's not going to work effectually or effectively in your life if you don't walk in faith. Amen. Well, number 10, it's by faith that we stand. It's by faith that we stand. It's by faith that we stand. Romans 11.20, 2 Corinthians 1.24. Romans 11.20, 2 Corinthians 1.24. For by faith ye stand. Not that we have dominion over your faith, but we help us of your joy. For by faith ye stand. So ye that stand or you fall. Fall into sin, fall into sickness, fall into whatever. Amen. So you're either standing or you're falling. 
And if you're going to stand, it's by faith that we stand. Amen. It's by faith that we stand. That's um, reason number 10. Well, number 11. Number 11. 2 Corinthians 1.24. That was number 10. 2 Corinthians 1.24 and Romans 11.20. By faith he stand. That's reason number 10. Well, number 11. We are kept by the power of God through faith. We are kept by the power of God through faith. We are kept by the power of God through faith. And that's scripture, actually. 1 Peter 1.5. We're kept by the power of God through faith. Preserving power. If you live in Nigeria, you've got to have a lot of that. <laughs> Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 5. We're kept by the power of God through faith. Amen. Kept from evil. Kept from the devil. Kept from harm. Amen. Kept in God's purpose. Kept in God's will. We're kept by the power of God through faith. It's God's power that's doing it, but it's our faith that's activating it. Amen. Well, number 12. Number 12. The only fight God told believers to fight is the fight of faith. The only fight. You know, sometimes some people want to fight sin. If you try to fight sin, it will whip you. Why do you want to fight it anyway? Hebrews 9.26 says Jesus put sin away by the sacrifice of himself. Some other folks want to fight the devil. Why would you want to fight the devil? When Colossians 2.15 says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, Jesus made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. So, we're not to fight sin. We're not to fight the devil. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, sometimes some people hear just enough of what you say to be devilish. Yeah? So... Let me say what I didn't say. I didn't say we should live in sin. I didn't say so. What I'm just saying is that the, there's a fight God told us to fight. And it's not sin. It's not Satan. Amen. It's found in 1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith. Incidentally, it's called a good fight. Why is it a good fight? Because we know the outcome. What's the outcome? We win. We win. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ye of God, little children, and I've overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. That's the only fight we're to fight. It's a good fight. The good fight of faith. Well, number 13. Number 13. Faith is so important that the family of God is called the household of faith. Faith is so important that the family of God is called the household of faith. Amen. Galatians 6.10 As you therefore have opportunity, do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. Incidentally, you know we're called believers. People who first said Christians, they weren't Christians. But what we are more usually referred to as is believers. Amen. Family of God is called the household of faith. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. Faith is so important that the family of God is called the household of faith. Well, number 14. Faith is part of our spiritual armor. Faith is part of our spiritual armor. Faith is part of our spiritual armor. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. 
says, and put on a breastplate, the breastplate of faith and love. So it's referred to as a breastplate. In Ephesians 6.16, the Bible says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. That was my first reference. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. My second reference, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. The point, faith is part of our spiritual armor. That's number 14. Faith is part of our spiritual armor. Well, reason number 15, why faith is such an important subject that we're going to take our time and study it in this Bible school is that our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. I know there's some things where this subject of faith is concerned. Sometimes people have all kinds of crazy ideas. Faith is not a gimme gimmick. Faith is not a, look, as believers, we're not in a God bless me club. God didn't give us faith just so we could line our pockets, see what I've done, see what I can do with my faith. No. God gave us faith so we could go reach the world with it. God gave us faith so we could establish his will on the earth with it. God gave us faith so we could establish his purpose for our lives with it. Amen. We shouldn't be selfish about it because you can be. Amen. But we shouldn't. Amen. So our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. When the Bible talks about the world, what is it talking about? 1 John 2, 16, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. How are you going to overcome that? It's by faith. It's by faith. 1 John 5, 4, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Do you know that the fact that something is born of God doesn't necessarily mean it will by itself overcome the world? Something could be God's will. The marriage could be God's will. Anything else, it could be God's purpose. Sometimes people have this idea that if God is in it, it will just work. Not necessarily so. If God is in it, then everything will be, you know, just hunky-dory, on flowery beds of ease. If that's the case, then Paul was never in the will of God. He had trouble from the beginning of his ministry till he drew his last breath. And when he was about to, he said, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. The fact that something is born of God will mean the devil will want to stand against it. Amen. But you know what? If you will stand your ground in faith, it will overcome. It will overcome. No matter the test. No matter the trial. Remember, Nigeria is born of God. Let me tell you something. There aren't enough devils in hell that could defeat it. There aren't enough tests. There aren't enough trials that could defeat it. It's born of God. And we're walking in faith about it. Praise God. So our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That's number 15. Well, 16. 16. Paul told Timothy, a young minister, to follow after faith and to be an example of believers in faith. Number 16. Paul told Timothy, Paul told Timothy, a young minister, Paul told Timothy, a young minister, to follow after faith. Paul told Timothy, a young minister, to follow after faith and to be an example of a believer in faith. And to be an example of a believer in faith. Told him to follow after faith and to be an example of a believer in faith. 1 Thessalonians, um, Thessalonians, 1 Timothy 4.12 1 Timothy 
1 Timothy 6.11 and 2 Timothy 2.22. I'll give that again. 1 Timothy 4.12, 1 Timothy 6.11 and 2 Timothy 2.22. 2 Timothy 2.22. 1 Timothy 4.12, 1 Timothy 6.11, 2 Timothy 2.22. Paul told Timothy to follow after faith and to be an example of a believer in faith. Amen. Amen. Paul was an older minister. And that's the advice he gave from his heart to his son. You know, something is funny. Check all the epistles Paul wrote to the churches. It was always grace and peace multiplied to you. When he was talking to ministers, he said, grace, mercy, and peace. That's what he told Timothy. That's what he told Titus. Ministers need a lot of mercy. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But he told him to follow after faith and to be an example of a believer in faith. Praise God. Well, number 17. Number 17. You function, you function in the gifts and endowments. You function in the gifts and endowments. You function in the gifts and endowments God has placed on your life. You function in the gifts and endowments God has placed on your life to fulfill the call of God according to the proportion of your faith. You function in the gifts and endowments God has placed on your life to fulfill the call of God according to the proportion of your faith. You function in the gifts and endowments God has placed on your life to fulfill the call of God according to the proportion of your faith. Scripture, Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8. So he that teaches is wait on his teaching, that ministers on his ministry. Amen. He that prophesies should do it according to the proportion of his faith. And that not only goes for the gift of prophecy, any miraculous faculty, any endowment. Tell you a little story. Amen. We don't have much time, but I'll tell you this story. Brother Hagin talked about how Jesus gave him a special anointing to minister to the sick, September 2, 1950. Just barely a month after that, he was in Oklahoma. There was one fellow who came up for him to minister to him. The Lord had told him, when he gave him that anointing, he said, when you're ministering to anybody, put one hand in front of them, one hand at the back. Sometimes there's a demon that is responsible for the condition. If a demon is present, you will feel that fire jump from hand to hand. Now, later, the son of spirits began to work in his life. He didn't need that anymore. But then, he had that. That was working. It was an endowment. God gave him. Now, there was this man in Oklahoma. Came up. He had, his, his, um, he had tuberculosis of the spine. Brother Hagin put one hand in front of him. Put one hand at, at his back. Now, you see... The, 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 the endowment was still fresh. The revelation was still fresh. Everything was still fresh. Just barely a month, he felt the fire jump from hand to hand. So he knew there was a demon responsible. Now, I didn't say there's always a demon responsible for sickness. Sometimes there is. Amen. Most of the time, there isn't. Well, so he said, come out in the name of Jesus. Told the thing to leave the man's body. Not that the man was possessed, just his body was afflicted by that faith, and that demon was there causing it. And I told the man, he said, bend down and see if you can touch your toes. The man tried, he couldn't bend down. He did it again, felt the fire jump like that. Cast the thing out. Said, bend down, see if you can touch your toes. The man couldn't. He did it three times. Well, he said three times is good enough for one person. 
had the man to go sit down. Just about that time, he said Jesus stood right in front of him in an open vision. Saw him with his eyes wide open, began to talk to him. He said, and the Lord just pointed his finger at him. He said, I told you to call the demons out in my name. He said, yes, I know. It was barely a month. You told me that. He began to tell Turenchi, tell long story. Eh, you said if I feel the fire, I felt the fire, told the thing to come out, but the man couldn't touch his stone. Jesus did as if he didn't hear him. He said, I told you to call the demons out in my name. He said, he repeated the same thing. About the third time, his eyes flashed lightning. He said, he must have, the kind of look that must have been on his face when he threw the money changers out of the temple. He was furious. He was furious. Check through the Gospels. Check everywhere Jesus marveled. You discover he marveled only at two things. Sometimes it says he marveled at their faith. I've not seen so great faith. No, not in Israel. And sometimes says again, he marveled at their unbelief. Amen. So it always makes God to marvel. Always makes Jesus to marvel. Nothing honors God like when we take him at his word. I'm telling you, when we take him at his word. And you see, like we'll get to see in this course, like I said, it's not just about getting this and getting that. It's about acting on God's word. Acting on the entire counsel of God's word. It's a lifestyle. Amen. Not just a panic button. Not just a spare tire. Not just, you know, you press this lever, pull this button. Not a formula. It's a life. Praise God. Acting on the entire counsel of God's word. Well, after the Lord told him that, the Lord disappeared. <laughs> he was like, my God, I'm in trouble today. He told the man to come back. The man came up. He put one hand in front, one hand behind. and said, I told you to come out of the man. In the name of Jesus. He said, man, bend down. You can touch your toes, you're healed. The man bent down. What had happened? Just the same thing that happened in Matthew 17. Notice that the disciples, Peter, they said, why could not we cast him out? If you read Matthew 10, 1, Jesus actually gave them power to cast out unclean spirits. Yet, a time came, it didn't work. Why didn't it work? Jesus said it was their unbelief. So whatever gift you may think you've received of God, whatever endowment you may think you've received of God, you better develop your faith. Amen. Otherwise, you'll be incapacitated and you'll not have maximum efficiency. That's number 17. Number 18. All things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. And that's one thing we are very strong about in Raymond, Nigeria. We want you to have a spirit of faith that believes that there's nothing that is impossible. One thing you don't tell me, you don't tell me there's something I can't do. <laughs> I'll tell you, sit down and watch. I may not say it out, but on the inside of me, I'll say, sit down and watch. Now, don't get me wrong. If you tell me I can't do something wrong, you're right. I can't do it. You're very correct. I'm not going to accept that challenge. But I'm talking about something when the devil comes, you know, he tells you, you can't do this. You can't succeed in life. No, your church won't prosper. No, things won't go right for you. No, you won't be a blessing to people. No, you can't do the other one. No, you can't get the finances to do that vision God has placed in your heart. When the devil tells you that, tell him, devil, just sit down and watch. All things are possible to him that believes. You know, when you tell people, Matthew 19, 26, with God, all things are possible. Yeah, usually people shout. But you know, the same Bible says all things are possible to him that believes. Mark 9, 23. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. I particularly like NIV on that place. In the international version. The man came concerning his son that had something like epilepsy. Amen. And then said, if you can do anything, please help us. 
That's the way the NIV puts it. And then 23, it starts by saying, if I can. No, it's not a matter of if I can. It's not a matter of what I can do. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. It's not a matter of what God can do. It's a matter of what you can believe for. God will do as much as you can believe him for. God will be as big in your life as you can believe him to be. All things are possible to him that believes. Amen. Well, number 19. Number 19. Faith is the central theme of the Bible. Faith is the central theme of the Bible. In Brother Higgins' book, Mountain Moving Faith, pages 13 and 14, note it, he made a statement. He said, one fellow walked up to him, he said, how come you preach faith so much? I don't preach, I've never preached faith in my life. Brother Higgins replied to him and said, a fellow who hasn't preached faith hasn't preached the Bible. And then he made the statement, he said, faith is the most important subject in the Bible. Now, get this and get it clear. Hmm? It's just like there's a digestive system. Now, I just quoted Brother Higgins, one who said that, and I told you where he said it. you could go check it up. Just like there's a digestive system in your body. You know, there's an excretory system. There's a respiratory system. Those systems don't work independent of each other. Faith is not an isolated spiritual force. It works in conjunction with other spiritual forces. Amen. But one thing I'll tell you is this, which you may have heard. I endeavor to be strong on faith, but there's something I'm stronger on. I'm stronger on love. Love is faith's power. It's faith's energizer. But if you check through the Bible, you notice that faith is a central theme. And I'll give you scripture. In Galatians 3, 22 to 23 and 24, the Bible says that the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Now, that's a misrendering. Look it up in other translations. The law can never take a man to Christ. Actually, if you read the law was our schoolmaster to bring us till the time of Christ. Now, the next verse now says, and now that faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. Because the time of Christ is the time of faith. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The word our is in italics. Look it up in the King James Version. So it actually reads, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. Amen. So it's a central theme. The New Testament, the Old Testament was a testament of the law. The New Testament is a testament of faith. So it's a central theme. Amen. It's a central theme. And what was the New Testament pointing to? It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And how do we relate with him? How do we walk with him? It's by faith. Amen. Amen. So it's a central theme of the Bible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you put down this, you put down that. It takes everything working together. Now, you may say that salt is not important, that it's just little. You go and buy the yam, put the yam on fire. Leave that salt out that you call little and let me see if you can eat that food. Or put too much of that salt in that food and let me see if you can eat it. So I'm not putting down other things, but I'm just saying this is central. It's a central theme in the Bible. Praise God. So we ought to be strong on it. 20, and that's the last. Believe me, we're almost out of time. Number 20, faith is the message of the church. Faith is the message of the church, not fear. Anywhere an angel showed up to someone, or anywhere God showed up, usually he would start with fear not. Fear not. Somebody said that the, the phrase fear not occurs 365 times in the Bible because 365 days of the year, God wants us to fear not. Never will God come with a message of fear. 
When Jairus' daughter died, Jesus said, fear not, only believe. Amen. Amen. Faith is our message. When Paul was talking about his ministry in 1 Timothy 2.7, 2 Timothy 1.11, he called himself a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. You know, I heard somebody say, well, I don't believe in fake teachers. Then you better take your whole Bible, the New Testament, throw it out. Because Jesus was a fake preacher and a fake teacher. Then you better take all the epistles out. <laughs> Amen. Actually, the word of God is called the word of faith. Paul said, if somebody should come to you and preach another gospel, different from the one we have preached, let him be accursed. Now, what was the gospel that Paul preached? Well, what saith it? Romans 10, 8, the word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. Now, when I say faith in this sense, I'm not just talking about the dynamics of believing to receive something. No, I'm talking about the entire lifestyle of the believer. Walking in love. Giving. Living a life of honor. It's all a part of the faith. Everything works together. Amen. So, and like I said, the 20th point is our message. Incidentally, the man who founded this school, the mother school in Tulsa, the commission God gave him from heaven, May 1950, said, I want you to go teach my people faith. I've taught you faith through my word, permitted you to go through certain experiences. You've learned faith both through my word and by experience. I want you to go teach my people what I've taught you. I want you to go teach my people faith. The latter part of his life, the Lord began to deal with him about teaching about the Holy Ghost. Amen. You see, we're not just word people, we're also Holy Ghost people. And it takes both working together for us to be the people of faith we ought to be. Praise God. So you see that faith is such an important subject. And that's why we're going to take good time out to study it. An approach I will encourage all of us to have in this um, study. You know, faith doesn't come by having heard. Comes by hearing and hearing. 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 And sometimes we can have itching ears where some subjects are concerned. Praise God. Amen. So we'll pick it up from here and we'll look at what faith is. We'll look at how faith comes. We'll do all that tomorrow. I got to quit because I'm out of time. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.